Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. <clears throat> You're listening to the Sands Pants Network. Home of comedy, <laughs> culture, adventures, and ghosts. Hello and welcome to Scaredy Boys, a podcast where three cowardly friends discuss horror movies. I'm Damien. I'm Sean. And I'm Tom. And for this episode, we watched One Cut of the Dead. One Cut of the Dead is a 2017 Japanese zombie comedy film written and directed by Shinjiro Ueda. In it, we see things go badly for a hack director and film crew shooting a low-budget zombie movie in an abandoned World War II Japanese facility when they are attacked by real zombies. Boys, sometimes the year of fear doesn't quite pan out the way you think it does. <laughs> no. <laughs> and sometimes it provides you with a movie... Boys, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. This is the most ambitious movie ever made by a director. Ever. Yeah. Fuck off Baz Luhrmann. Fuck off James Cameron. This is the most ambitious project ever undertaken. <laughs> Here's why. Here's why. This movie is the most ambitious movie ever made because for it to pay off at the end, they have to make the worst movie ever made for the first 30 minutes. 30? Or was it 40 minutes? Because it, no, no, no. it felt really 30. long. 30. It's longer than 30, Tom. No, no, no. For it to pay no. off, they need to make a bad film. Yeah, longer than 30. Sean, I want to I want to bring up something that you've said on uh, a previous episode where you said that when we watch movies together, our reviews fall around the same place. <laughs> I'm just going to yeah, jump there in exceptions. here. Uh, there are occasionally an exception. So I would like to say that I gave this movie four stars. Big fan of it. Yeah. This is such a Tom special. Uh, Sean Carney, two stars, demo two and a half. Yeah. I'd have gone lower if I had more courage. I definitely started lower. So like what you're saying, Tom, the balls on on the whole team that made this, I don't care whether they're male or female, those balls were hitting the ground because they were that big and heavy. Oh, they're they're 20 metres behind them, dragging through the dirt. Right, because 10 minutes in, I was like, this is half a fucking star. This is disgusting. I don't know why we're watching this. Uh, and like, so we we had a few people email in and recommend this movie. Tom, I know a few of your mates recommended it to you. Yeah, so uh, a friend of mine just recommended this not because of this podcast, but was like, Tom, you'd enjoy this. And uh, to them, I want to say you're absolutely yeah, correct. They know their they know their buddy Tom because yeah, this is a Tom Reed special if ever there was one. But so yeah, for me it was like a half a star because obviously all we're watching is a zombie movie, which is like the most overdone horror subgenre that there is. It's being done badly and with just the one sort of kind of interesting take that it's being done in one one shot. Yep. 
And I'm like, I couldn't give a fuck about that. I'm just watching a bad zombie movie that I was like, literally, boys, can we even do this for the podcast? It, it seems too shit. And then when it finished it, at least 40 minutes. I think your half hour is bullshit, but hey, who knows? <laughs> I'm not going to do the research to actually figure it out. It felt long. It felt so long. And then when it finished, I was like, well, thank fuck for that. And then obviously it kept going. But then, interestingly, something happened where it was like, slowly for me, it started to climb up. There it is. But as you just said, for me, only it only capped off at two and a half stars. I couldn't give it more than that. Well, here's the thing. I think it, I think it ended up being a five-star time for you, Damo. And the reason I think that is because... Negative three plus five is two and a half. So. <laughs> Look, that's I, I I don't even know if I disagree with you because yeah, I was pretty down on this film early on. I was like I I was confused, I was disorientated, I was not happy. I was just like, uh, this sucks. I don't get what we're doing here. Uh, and it climbed back up. So I almost did the opposite of a Tom Reed where I started it at zero. And then every time the movie did something interesting, it slowly gained a little bit more. Yeah, Sean, Tom, Sean, you have the floor, my friend. Here Tell comes. me about your cinematic experience watching one cut of the dead. It was thirty-seven minutes. Okay, hang on, hang on. How do you know that exact time? I looked it up. <laughs> um, honestly, when it when it got to that sort of cut at the thirty-seven minute mark, it felt like maybe the movie was over because mm. that's how long it sort of felt like it had gone on for. Yeah. Um, fuck. Didn't enjoy it. Not for me. I noticed on Rotten Tomatoes this has got a hundred percent rating. So um, I've missed. I've missed the mark on this one. I just can I can I say what I think that is though. So obviously Rotten Tomatoes, mm. it's got yeah. There's there's the critical rating and all the rest of it. To me, it's like this is a movie about making a movie. This isn't a horror movie. This is a movie about making a low budget horror movie. And in that sense, it's got an an interesting appeal. But I think Rotten Tomato is people who are like, well, I love movies and I'm a big movie nerd. And so, oh, actually, it's really good because it does all this interesting shit. I think for me, at least as a story, it sucks. It's like, yeah, it's interesting, but it's almost like I'm going to fall back on our common line that we seem to keep saying on this show. It should have been a short film. I think it would have made an interesting short film. No. It's hanging on a night. It can't be a short film, though. You need, because it needs to be at minimum 70 minutes, right? Because you need to do. No, it doesn't. No, no, because you need to do the movie and then you need to do. The movie no, you don't. behind the movie, and then you need to. Why do can't the... the movie be ten minutes? Why can't nah. the zombie movie just be a sh- because short film? It can, Damo. No, 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 no. It should have been no, because I need to trick you into thinking that I'm making a feature length zombie horror film until I am not. Why can't you trick me into you're making a ten minute short film? You are both heathens, and I hate you. <laughs> Here's my issue: it's it's like high concept, and I and I respect those low-hanging balls that are dragging on the ground. Happy with those balls? They're they're great balls. Well done. I'll kiss those balls. But I think for a high concept idea, it's just that. It's just an idea. It's not actually a, a good movie experience. At least it wasn't for me. I'm being very generalizing here. It, I have to bring this back. This, is for me, was not a great, enjoyable experience. I did enjoy seeing, connecting the dots, seeing where all those points where I was like, this movie sucks. I'm confused. Why are these actors doing this shit thing? And then obviously, yeah, it gets explained. Unfortunately, it had lost so much ground with me that I was never going to get to the Tom Reed. The Tom Reed bump was not going to happen in this movie. I just was, yeah, I had already been like, oh, okay, I see what you're doing now. Yep, that's a bit clever. But also, you bored me for 40 minutes and I'm too angry about that to give anything else. I'm the same. This was never going to work for me because I 
I think famously on this show, if I'm not burning something down, I'm getting halfway through <laughs> and disengaging. And it was never actually going to win me back. There's no part of like the, the clever reveal where I was like, ha, that's clever. I was just like, fuck you. Now I have to watch this again for another 45 minutes. Yeah. Fuck you, Tom Reed. Tom. Yes. There is only one thing about this movie that I liked, and I wonder if you could guess what it is. Ah. Uh. Is it okay? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, can I have two guesses? Yes, because there's two things that I'm tossing up between. I'll go with one. The first one is the thing you liked was that you were able in the first 37 minutes of the film pick that a man was shitting his pants before we learned that he was shitting his pants in the back half of the movie. You were like, that guy looks like he's shitting his pants, and then plot twist, he was shitting himself. All right, there's two things I like in the movie then. Um, the other, the other thing I was going to say is, Sean, did you like that the father and the daughter have a connection at the end of the movie? No, or no, is it no. the the martial artist, uh, the director's wife, who goes insane? <laughs> <laughs> that is very dumb. But no, it's early on. It's the director just constantly, just absolute chaotic scenes are happening, and then he just pops in out of nowhere and goes, action! Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got to a point where I was like, oh, this movie sucks shit, but then every time he did that, I was like, eh, it's all right. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that what the other star is for? One star for making a movie, yeah. the second star for action, and a man shooting his pants. <laughs> Look, I went to film school. I love filmmaking. I love the craft of it. So like the second half of this movie, I'm like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. I love the, you know, the collaborative endeavor to like on almost no money put something together and just yeah. has like that theater element to it as well of we got to get this right in one go. So there's it's got that nice sort of momentum to it. But I'm just like is it necessary for what we saw in the first 40 minutes to have been dog shit? Mm. Could you not kind of do the same thing but have a really competent cool story? And then you show all this, you know, pulling the strings behind it as well. Because for me, sitting there and watching 40 minutes of just like absolute amateur shit, mm. even if it is, we learn deliberate purposeful. and it's that's just the way, yeah, purposeful. Yeah. For me, I, that's, I can't, like, I switch off because I'm like, this is just crap. This is like really amateur level, just bullshit. Mm. The dialogue sucks. The camera works dodgy. Nothing's working right. Yeah. It's just baffling. It's baffling. And the fact that we went into it too, knowing that this movie had a bit of like a cult standing where people really loved it, it was like, what the fuck? You have that thing where you're like, what are people seeing this? What is happening? And you you learn, obviously, that people love the reveal. Yeah. Someone emailed us and said, go into this knowing as little mm. as possible. And I just wonder if... I, I wish I had the opposite. I wish I knew what was going to happen in that extent so that I could enjoy the start of it more. Yeah. Because that just, for me, was just too much bullshit. Like, yeah. So if you knew, if you knew that, that the first part of the film was a fake out... Yeah. You might have enjoyed it more. Definitely. I, in fact, I think I would. I'm not going to rewatch this movie, but I think if I were to, I'd be like, there's something cool about knowing. That's what's cool about the second half of the movie. You're going back and you're watching all the, like, oh, that scene that was really awkward where people, like, it just fucked up and it looked like terrible. Oh, yeah. there's a reason for that. And here's the reason. Going back and rewatching it would be more fun. I think. I think I agree. Yeah. But they wouldn't need to do that if the first 40 minutes was like a competent production that had a few little things go wrong here and there, mm. but it was just like absolute trash. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I agree in that, yeah, I think if I'd sort of been in on it, I would have I would have been in on it. I would have been like siding with this film where instead I found myself really wanting to be against it and then kind of had this natural resistance to wanting to get on board where I think the idea is great. I think it's honestly really interesting and cool. I don't know that it makes a great story. Like, 
in terms of because we don't know what we're getting set up for, right? Like the whole point of a good story is that the audience is aware of the setup. So when the payoff comes, it, it hits hard. And like granted, by the time the payoff comes, we are aware. It's just a, it's a later sort of gradual awareness, I guess. Or, or yeah, as soon as we obviously it cuts to, we're seeing them make this film and we're putting the pieces together. There it all is. But I think for me, yeah, because I was so not with it, I wasn't part of that setup and I wasn't feeling like, Kind of what you were saying, Sean, like every time if you're making a film and I, we all love the stories of people making films, every time a film is made, it's a fucking miracle, especially when it's a low budget film. And it is just these group of people like we see in this movie doing it on a shoestring and they're doing it for the love of it and doing it because it's this crazy weird challenge and all the rest of it. I, I find that super endearing. I can't help but love those characters because we've been those characters at one point or another and made something a bit shit, but we've just fucking done it and it's been a great time. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't with them until that latter half. So, again, yeah, for sure I enjoyed that second half of the movie. But I still didn't enjoy, like, unfortunately that doesn't erase the unenjoyment I experienced in the first half. Yeah. And then the last thing I want to add on that is the one-take element to it is interesting. And obviously it pays off why things are going shit and all the rest of it. But, again, with me watching that first half and thinking this is just an amateur production that sucks... I'm the whole time I'm thinking, why the fuck did they go for all? Like, oh, okay, I get why audiences are frothing over this because it's a one-shot thing. It's a 1917, but for real, there are no cuts. But it sucks. So, like, there should have been cuts. Like, I was getting quite internally worked up about all of this. Yeah. Because of that, I, I still just felt bitter and angry towards the second half of it. Yeah, and it's, it's difficult to, when you're presented with this director and he... He comes across as an asshole, essentially, putting these people through this thing. And then halfway through the movie, it snaps, and then you're supposed to sort of invest in the character of him, this new, essentially a new character of him yes. that you're meeting. Yeah. My brain just doesn't really go for a movie like that, and I get why some people would love it. But for me, 45 minutes into the movie, then asking me to sort of like bond with these characters, mm. it's just that that structure doesn't work for me. Yeah, and Totally, if you love it, like Tom, Fantastic. Yeah. I'm happy for you, but just personally, it's not to my taste. You yeah. just got to relax, boys. Don't get, don't worry about it. Just relax. Just, yeah. just, you know. You know what, Tom? Bless you. I love you, man. <laughs> I love you. You got such a good vibe, Tommy boy. No, I dug this yeah. heaps. It, um, I, like, I've, I've talked about this with my partner heaps since we watched it. And, um, mm. just because it's just like, I liked also that the credits show you how they did the actual one take yeah. rather than the fake yeah. one take. And like just there's an incredible shot where it's a scene where in the in the fake version of the one take, the cameraman's fallen over because his back's mm. fucked. And he's that his assistant is like dithering with him about whether she should take the camera yeah, or not. Yeah. And it's just that long shot on the grass. And in real life, when they did that shot, the actual cameraman, he slams down like five glasses <laughs> of water in like 20 <laughs> seconds. And I live in awe of him. Yeah. Just... What a what a powerful like it doesn't it's not until you see it that you realize how like because yes it, it is you know if you do theater or like a play or something like that it's mm. it's got to be done in in one take virtually yeah but then camera work like the actual process of long takes fucking insane mm. like mm. We, we've seen the behind the scenes of um, Haunting a Hill House where they show it yeah mm. there's even like while well, 1917 isn't actually a long take. It's there are oh, it's long takes. Sir. It's got some massive takes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it's it's like Birdman. Like there's there's something fascinating about the camera just doing something and knowing how much work has to go in. Even 
even when you see it done fakely, how much work actually went into the real stuff. Like, just crazy, yeah, crazy yeah. commitment. Um, and I have a greater appreciation for it. Yeah, well, I've got two things to say that. So, yeah, one, I, I think you're right. Like, especially, like, the three versions of this movie. The original movie, we get shown the behind-the-scenes that's obviously not really the behind-the-scenes. And then, like you said, those final actual behind-the-scenes in the credits. I think if, if you would, especially if you, Tom Reed, had sort of said, Damo, this movie does this. It's insane. And it kind of laid that all out for me, which is just, this is all paying back to Sean's comment earlier. I'll be like, holy crap, that sounds sick. What an interesting idea. Oh my God, these these actual filmmakers pretending to be filmmakers, but they really did do all this crazy shit. That's awesome. And I think I would go in with like, again, that higher element of enjoyment and kind of get on board from the get-go. And I think honestly having that awareness would have improved this movie for me. Saying all that, I think to, to jump back to the to the one cut element of this movie and, and any other one cut movie, I think it's actually a really a really interesting take for a horror movie in particular because I find myself stressing out over one cut. If I know a movie is actually one cut, there's there's this French one that I'm failing to think of the name of where I went in and I watched it and it was all one cut and. I was stressed the whole time watching that movie because it was just I'm I felt so bad for these actual actors that the the level of anxiety I know I would feel of like if I fuck this up and we have to go back to one and everyone in this production has to go multiple like back to that original building we're in we've now driven we've done all these different scenes like the stress of that naturally makes me anxious. If you add that to a horror movie, I think it could actually work stunningly beautiful. I think it could be, oh, cool. I get to be anxious in two different ways. <laughs> right. That sounds like a good horror experience. Yeah. Well, is that how you felt when we watched Haunting of Hill House, that episode six? Oh, that's a great question. I think, honestly, I was so spellbound by it that it kind of even took, like, this is the thing with the one take. There's this actually really great video essay by this guy, Thomas Flight, that you should check out. And it's on the Chris Hemsworth movie where he's in India and he's got a like- Extraction. Extraction, yeah. which has some- it, it, It's not a one-take movie, but it has a few long one-take scenes. It's got a, a one-take fight scene that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Um, which like Children and Men obviously does as well. That's sensational. And yeah, so this video essay really sort of details when that, that one cut works really well and when it- does it, and I think ultimately for me, it it works really well more when you are not aware of it. Yes, it's more when you're just so entrenched in this movie, and you realize it. Like it's more the later thing of yeah. like, hold on, have they still not cut? And you realize you haven't taken a yeah, breath yet, yeah, because you haven't been given the opportunity to take a breath. So I think for Hill House, that was more my experience where I was just so entranced by it. It almost like it took me a little bit to go, oh, hold on, shit, that might have all been one cut. I don't even mm -hmm. know, but it it. But it still has the effect is the amazing thing. It's still working in the way the director's hoping it will work in that you're just like, yeah, you're breathless in that moment. Yeah, I, I do prefer it when it comes when you don't expect it. So, like, when you go into 1917, that's the whole gimmick of the movie. So, you kind of know what to expect. Yeah, and there's a yeah. certain weight that comes with that. Mm. Whereas, like, something I remember watching Children of Men. And there's a couple of really long takes. But sure. one of them sort of towards the end. Yeah. When they're going through that war-torn sort of um, city. And it's absolutely fucked. Like, it's mm. even to the point where, like, you probably don't snap into back to reality until, like, there's a blood splatter on the camera lens or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I think when it's done well, it's good. But this movie doesn't have the sophistication to sort of bring any of the- <laughs> Right. Um, those really cool filmmaking elements to the one cut. It's sort of just there for the for the purpose of the story they're telling. It's a comedy. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, like it's, it's, it's just not an elegant 
way to do it. No, but it's it. not. And, it's and not trying to be elegant, Sean. I know, and it can't be because it's a it's a film that cost twenty five thousand dollars, yeah, and they yeah. made it in eight days, and it made twenty five million dollars. Like it's an incredible oh, achievement. Yeah, that's yeah. The I'm dream, full of admiration right for it. Yeah, and the, the reason the reason probably why I gave it two stars is because I am a film nerd and I really really appreciate the back half of it. Seeing like a crew get together, it's it's fun. We've all worked mm. on various different sets and worked on little things. It's really cool to be in that environment and to be striving to make something. So like I I will I do have respect for this movie. I just couldn't get behind the whole probably first half of it. It just yeah, sort of yeah. turned me off to the point where I couldn't enjoy as much the rest of it. And I just want to add one more thing in that I'm I'm also aware that we are arguably overanalyzing this. Like like you just said, yeah. given that budget, given what it's actually doing compared to what we thought it was doing, all these sorts of things. But again, like this is where I just can't help but agree with you that if I'd known just even a little bit more about what this movie was actually about and the fact that it was made for twenty five thousand dollars or whatever it was and like that it's about a scrappy group of people who are making a movie but in reality an actual scrappy group of people were making a movie yeah i i can't i like even like the guy who made it um yuada i did read that like he literally even worked with this drama school in tokyo where basically like those who were who had signed up to do acting workshops with this um drama school were the actors in this movie like arguably like one of the like imdb trivia or whatever i read was like technically they paid to be in the movie because they paid <laughs> to do the course right so yeah. um and so like the the story behind the movie is like more interesting they they filmed it over eight days it, it obviously made crazy amounts of money for what it did but originally it was crowdfunded to even make the fucking thing in the first place so again like if i had known all that stuff i think i would have come in being just like bless them that's fucking awesome so i have two things that i want to bring up just on this before we move to the next part yeah um which i feel like our three questions aren't going to be super in-depth no, for this episode because <laughs> one of them can't be answered at all yeah so i think there's a comedian uh tim heidecker so from tim and eric yeah yeah show and he does a bit lately where he's been doing shows as a conservative comedian type character. Right. Who's all like, I'm going to do jokes that people, you know, people aren't people aren't comfortable about. And, and he wears a leather jacket and he's deliberately shit. And anytime one of those clips pops up on social media, there are a bunch of people. Now, I know, I, know, I know Tim. I know who he is. I'm familiar with Tim and Eric, sure. right? So I know what he's doing. Yeah. There are a bunch of people who see the clips of that on like Twitter or Instagram or whatever. And they're like, this sucks. This guy's really shit. He's not funny. <laughs> Why would you go and see this show? And it's like, yes. Yes, that's the point. That's the point of the show. Right. Um, I remember seeing a show at a comedy festival a few years ago called um, Jack Tucker by a comedian called Zach Zucker. Right. And it was one of the funniest shows I've ever seen. And it was the same thing. Jack Tucker is this washed up New York comedian. Everything in the show goes wrong. He constantly forgets punchlines. He like pours, like spills water over himself. Right. The mic falls out. They keep playing sound effects at the wrong time. It's just... A disaster. Mm. And there were people in it who halfway into the show got up and left because they're like, that was shit. It's like, <laughs> yeah, no, but you, you, you're missing it. I love that. But I understand that if, if for some people, if you don't know that it's a joke, it's hard to be in on the joke. Yeah, that's it but exactly. Then, yeah. To that point that I've just made, I will say this, boys. When you go see a magic show, do you want to know how they do the magic before or after you see the show? Yeah, but you know you're going to see a magic show. Yeah, I still... Oh, yeah. It's a good analogy, but I think... <laughs> Is it? <laughs> Sean, you absolutely... You, so, sorry, Davo. Sorry, Davo. You're making some really nice points, but I need to just... 
People, I don't know if I don't know if listeners heard the disdain with which Sean replied to my hypothetical. Like you fucking dumb uh. fucking cunt. <laughs> Just like I can't believe uh. I've listened to two minutes of you talk and your point no, but Tom, is shit. That show you went to, that comedy show. Yes, you knew going into it what his intention was. Correct, I did. You knew what the style, what the what the premise of the show was. Yes. Yeah. So that's why you're not the same as the people who got up and walked out. Yeah, you're in on the joke. You're in on the joke already. So Damo and I were not in on yeah. the joke of this film, and we didn't appreciate Neither was I. the early- Neither was early, I. Yeah, but you're, you've are you just proven in the last few minutes, you're a special boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Tom, Tom, you're more forgiving, yeah, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah, like you'll- you'll Yeah, yeah I mean, this mm. kind of does tie- You're an enigma. This does tie back to your the difference in the way all three of us watch movies, and we obviously, every person's going to have their own way to sort of experience these things but yeah for you like 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 we've even talked about before for you obviously it's like if a movie kind of does one great thing you can be like oh no five stars it did that are you kidding that thing it was amazing that's a tom reed five stars yeah where again for me like i need to be on board from minute one to minute 90 plus that's a five-star movie for me where i'm i'm feeling this movie all the way through and then it crescendos and it's great yep and there's a climax, yep. and I climax, yep. and everyone's had a great time. That's five stars. Yep. Loch Ness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Loch Ness. Um, I, I will say this. One of the things I do love about this movie that I think explains why I enjoyed it heaps, and we like heist things, but I love heists, and I love the bit in the heist where they show mm. you all the bits, and they're like, hey, remember this bit earlier where this guy carried a briefcase into the yeah, hotel lobby? Yeah, interesting. That's where the money was yeah. the entire time. And for me, the back half of this film is is like watching a heist, but... Yeah. My friend Sean has been robbed of his time. <laughs> Tom, you know that I love that stuff as well. Yeah. But that'd be like if Ocean's Eleven spent the entire first half just being like a one-take, really shit amateur thing that didn't have Brad Pitt and George Clooney and didn't have like <laughs> great actors in it or great dialogue or great music or anything. And then they show you, this is how they did it. And you're like, oh, okay. Imagine, I don't, imagine though. But why imagine. do I care? You haven't given me a reason to care. But imagine, Sean, right? That 20 minutes, right, of the bad Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. And then they show it to you again, and you learn that George Clooney's been in it the entire time. <laughs> As a background extra. Yeah. <laughs> then it's genius. <laughs> He's the guy shitting himself outside. It's- <laughs> Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. All right, should we get to our impossible questions? Yeah, yeah. sure. All right, were we scared? No. no. Nah. No. Next question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like. Okay. I'm just going to quickly chat about that for a second. So obviously, the I want to talk about the first 40 minutes of this thing, or 37, whatever you said, Sean. In that, like, I was honestly like ready to be scared. And so I wanted to give this movie the benefit of the doubt. Like, like not only like I think part of the problem was not only was I not in on the joke, but because I knew this had like 100 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, I was like as far from the joke as you can possibly fucking get. I didn't even know there was a joke to be had. Like, yeah. and so like I was ready to genuinely be scared, and I was waiting for it. And then obviously we see the first 37 minutes, and it is far from scary as you can possibly get. And so like this is I think where again I was. 
I, I, I never really want to be scared, but if I'm primed for it and and it doesn't even get close to it, I kind of found myself getting angry. Me too. Yeah. So yeah, were we scared? Definitely no. not. Not scared. Yeah. Angry. All right. Uh, did that characters act wisely or foolishly? They again, this question can't be added, but I will say yeah. there who was cares. One- <laughs> <laughs> No, no, there's one mistake that is insane to me, and it's not a, It's made by um, our good friend Shits His Pants. Um, oh, yeah. He has a thing where if he doesn't drink his own special water, he will shit violently, right? So he's, he's really paranoid about there being toilets on the set. Yeah. And he's also paranoid about drinking other people's water. Just before they go out to film, he has a water bottle that has his name on it, right? And then there's a normal water bottle there. He's not looking. He grabs the wrong water bottle. If you are a man whose body is so volatile that even the wrong water would make you shit uncontrollably, buddy, you got to be paying more attention to what bottles you <laughs> what grab. What kind of water does he does he want? I don't even Who know. Who knows? He has one sip of this other bottle, one sip, and it, and like immediately spits it out. He's washing out his mouth. That's, and that's yeah. enough. Like to me, I actually think the foolish the foolish here is the genuine filmmakers of this thing. Like, how do they not have it that he's like can't have dairy and he had someone's coffee that had real milk instead of yep. whatever milk like I think because it's funnier that it's water I think the idea that he has to drink special water because because it sounds like a lie it just sounds like he's an insane actor who's right. like oh I can only drink special water and then you learn later on no 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 He's going to do a shit in the woods and you're going to have to put makeup on his face while he's doing it. Yeah, but it. some yeah. things read better on film and that just doesn't. Like, just water. Like, come on. Yeah. give it, Make it anything. Make it like, I'm allergic to this ingredient and then whoever's doing the catering gives him that thing and lies to him or there's a mix-up or whatever. For sure. One sip of water, his insides are cooked. That's crazy. Yeah, that is just <laughs> genuinely bonkers. Is he constantly shitting because 80% of the human body is water? <laughs> he's 80% shit. <laughs> I, will, I will say, so like... My favourite part of this movie generally was what you talked about earlier with Sean, where Sean in the first 37 minutes said, I reckon that guy's just shit himself. And we all had a good (laughs) chuckle because it's like, oh, yeah, it does kind of look like that. And then that, as soon as he brings up the water and we see him drink this other water and there's this growing (laughs) realisation, no, he actually shit himself. That was fun. That was good. I had fun with that. Yeah. One thing paid off. That was good. That was good. <laughs> I also love uh, the the two beats. There's that beat where they look at the mm. camera for a really long time and you're not sure why they're doing it. And then you learn yeah. it's because someone's holding up yeah. a sign with instructions. Just uh, just great. And and the constant, like, the zombie guy mm. being all floppy and gross and the director pushing him into rooms is because the director was pushing this. I, yeah. I, I liked it. I liked all the reveals. But, yeah, wisely or foolishly, yeah. it can't be applied here. And I think the next question... Uh, I think the next question can be applied here. Okay. Uh, so what would we do in this situation? Sean, you'd make a better oh, film, yeah. I reckon. We all would, wouldn't we? <laughs> I hope. If I'm presented this opportunity for, what is it, 40 minutes of primetime live TV, yeah. don't pick a fucking zombie movie. Like, pick something that's... Well, he had no choice. Did he have no he choice no on choice. the zombie aspect? No. No, they told him it was... So the idea was that this show was going to air before, like, a movie... Or this movie was going to air... After a TV series about zombies, yes, that's or right. Something. It was tied into something else. And was he yeah. locked into like a location, or yes. could he have just? He was locked into literally everything. Well, and then, he's literally a gun for hire. Maybe he did the best he could with what he was given. <laughs> <laughs> that's an impossible task. Yeah, <laughs> far out. Good on him. Yeah, five yeah. stars. See, sure. <laughs> five stars. No. 
We did it. We did it. Nah. No, Damo, end the episode. No, Sean no, said five no. stars. Damo would never do that. No. Edit this out. Edit all of this out. Sean Fuck. just said five stars. And on that note, that's all the scary talk we have for this episode. I've been Davian. I've been Sean. I've been Tom. If you scary listeners would like to say hi, recommend movies, all that good stuff, uh, send us an email at threescaredboys at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at scaredyboys or individually I'm at Midday Pajamas. I'm at Carney from 55. I'm at Awkward Trade. Stay scared, everyone. I'll kiss those balls. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.